Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist and a sports nutritionist, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. Yay, it's the Fortress. Rob Fortress Fortney here. I used to be an editor at Muscle Man. I used to be a competitive bodybuilder. A lot of used tos, but I'm still rocking hard and still lifting heavy, so that's good. Over to you, Phil. And I'm Phil Stevens. I'm a power lifter and sometimes Highland Game athlete, strength coach. I run Strength Guild and Speak of Kansas, liftforhope.org, and uh, soon to be father again. Woo! Nine months Woo! <laughs> Woo! Have a beautiful baby boy or girl. One of the two. So, no telling right now. Or, or it could be some some muscular mutation. Yeah, it's probably more than likely. Some yeah. some, some, some behemoth deadlifting yep. thing. <laughs> you know, there's a picture on... You guys see the picture online of a... It's a baby with a full beard that says, Hell yes, I squat. Exactly. That's what I'm looking at. No, and I love... Uh, it's beautiful. New record, 135-pound squat at 18 pounds. That'd nice. be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is so twisted. Nine, uh, <laughs> yeah, really. A little baby legs. Uh, <laughs> let's start with a, a little bit of news, and then we're just going to get right to a discussion today, everybody. We're going to do a year in review and a, some predictions for 2014. We've been sort of promising this. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Uh, the only news that I'm going to bore anybody with is there is a uh, strength conditioning seminar and coaching clinic at the University of Akron here in Northeast Ohio. Uh, I've been remiss in not mentioning this more. Uh, Joe Schlero on the Iron Radio Facebook page um, is one of the driving forces, if not the driving force behind this. Who do we have here? Uh, J.L. Holdsworth, Julia Leduski, and yours truly. It's Friday, January 31st. Uh, there's going to be a variety of topics. I'm actually going to be talking about uh, some of the stuff we've been doing with the dietary stimulants and explosive uh, power exercise. And then we're going to do some uh, squatting and benching and deadlifting and things like that and sort of a workshop over in the Rec Wellness Center afterwards. So that's January 31st, everybody. It's uh, $80 for non-students. It's only 10 bucks if you're a student there at the University of Akron. But uh, anyway... And you can get you can get your po- you can get your Polaroid taken with Lonnie for fifteen bucks. That's right, and I will sign it for you know. Do they even have Polaroids anymore? Yeah, really. That's a good question. I'll I think sign it for fifty bucks. Know what the hell we're- even if it's a little kid, I'll pull a Lou Ferrigno. No kid, fifty bucks. Cough it up. Yeah, exa- or, yeah, or you could just do the whole Ferrigno thing. You know, it's uh, twenty bucks. Yep. <laughs> you owe me twenty bucks. <laughs> Nice. All right. Oh, I have one last uh, thing. Uh, Rob, you sent me this a couple of weeks ago. I don't think I mentioned this before. If I did, I apologize. But it says, hey, Fortress. This is from uh, Will, one of our listeners. Um, I'm sure it's been covered at some point, but I was wondering if you guys could look at vegetarian slash vegan protein sources uh, in relation to strength training. 
both powders and whole foods. I'm currently in a meat-related moral quandary and would love to get your opinions on the benefits and drawbacks. Also, I love the idea of the metal album review. Well, cool, Will, because you know, we just had Rob give his second installment there uh, last week. Uh, just real quick on the vegetarian-vegan thing, um, the basics of this is that plant proteins are usually non-complete. They're missing a, an essential amino acid, and it depends on what plant food you're eating. Um, but animal foods, eggs, milk, meat, those are complete proteins. They have all of the essential amino acids. They can drive muscle growth and that sort of thing. Uh, I have seen some interesting in- inroads into spiking pea protein uh, with leucine uh, to try to bring up the leucine content and therefore the anabolic effect of that kind of protein. But in general, you know, the plant kingdom, you food combine. You know, you have to do things like beans and rice uh, because the missing amino acid in each of these foods is covered by the opposing food, right? So like... Uh, for example, uh, grains lack lysine, beans lack methionine, uh, but they've got each other's back. So if you eat them together in a bean burrito, you know, you've got a complete protein. So uh, that's the long and the short of the vegetarian um, protein sources. A lot of people shy away from soy these days. Um, the American Dietetic Association was very enthusiastic about it about five, ten years ago. I don't know if they still are. I haven't been in those circles as much um, Lots of sponsorship by, like, you know, the Midwest or Ohio Soy Council and that sort of thing. So maybe a little conflict of interest there. I don't know. But uh, soy is about as close to a complete protein as you get in the animal kingdom. But Phil and I touched on this the other week. Things like soy and peanuts, they simply don't drive muscle protein synthesis after a workout as well as, say, dairy proteins, which are especially way so loaded with leucine. And that amino acid's just such a trigger. So, anyway, I just wanted to touch on that. All right, uh, on the skillets. All, all I have to add to that is, ain't nothing wrong with hamburger. <laughs> yeah, I've had students before. That one of them, I remember, she used to say, "I don't eat anything with a face." You know, so she was okay with eggs and milk. She was a lacto-ovo vegetarian. Uh, you know, and. It, I'll admit, there, there are times when, like with veal, for example, I've heard horror stories about the way they treat those cows, yeah. like not letting them hardly move in little stalls to keep their muscles atrophied and tender and, you know, and all this sort of thing. And you hear horror stories about the chicken industry as well. And I don't know. Uh, I understand that. And let's face it, it's going to be less of an issue for a lot of us in the future because uh, even Anthony Bourdain is talking about how steak, for example, beef is going to be an incredibly expensive treat instead of a daily thing, uh, even just 20 years down the road. It's just not sustainable the way we do that stuff. So, anyway. Uh, I like my dinner to have a pretty face, just like my women. There you go. You can quote that. That'll be the new Iron Radio quote. <laughs> <laughs> I like my dinner to have a Okay, let's get to the topic here. Um, I thought we'd do a year in review and a prediction. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to... I wanted to touch on first. You guys obviously, you know, chime in and then we'll somebody remind me to go to break. <laughs> you guys just cut <laughs> in and say we're going to break now. But I mentioned this I think last week exercise is medicine. I heard it all over the news recently uh in direct comparison with a, a couple of different uh medications and this sort of thing. I heard recently for example that uh one of the statin drugs actually interferes with memory and cognition and 
I'm like, oh, Lord. I mean, they tried to get my wife on some statins many years ago. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, you're you're obsessing over this cholesterol thing, you know. And now it's like so many things in the drug industry or the food technology industry, they comes back to bite you in the ass. You know, they invent something like margarine, and then, oops, trans fat's worse than saturated fat. They invent something like statins, and then, oops, it's got these side effects. Or Oh, and actually they work in a different way than we thought. We thought they would lower cholesterol, yay, but maybe the, one of the main effects is anti-inflammatory effects, which I think they stumbled on, frankly. So anyway, exercise is medicine was all over the news again. I think that's that's such a no-brainer. Such a- I, I don't know. I mean, okay. Um, the other thing uh, on my list here is in the last year, in 2013, we heard uh, kickback that fish oils weren't all they were cracked up to be. And believe it or not, last month I heard vitamin D is not all it's cracked up to be. In fact, they were speculating maybe it's just good for uh, helping you absorb calcium and it's only good for your bones. Well, that's what we used to teach back, you know, 100 years ago in like Nutrition 101. Uh, mm-hmm. And now now they're back to saying, oh, maybe it's just good for your bones after all. And I'm like, you know, I think the take-home message with a lot of this stuff is don't jump to conclusions, right? I mean, things like fish oils and vitamin D or antioxidants or, you know, pick one of the things that people do, uh, fitness-type people do or health-conscious people. It's a very slow cumulative effect, you know, and I think some of this kickback is because maybe – uh, it's almost like a counterculture. You know, people get on the bandwagon so much with something like fish oils or vitamin D. Maybe some people, consumers, start to over-conclude, I don't know, and, you know, think it's a cure-all. Um, but I am not willing to give up my fish oils, and I'm sure as hell not willing to give up my two or 3,000 I use of vitamin D. So much cool research on boosting testosterone in guys with low T, uh, direct relationship with muscle strength, you know, and, like, neuromuscular function and that sort of thing. And just the fact that we're almost all deficient in it in the winter months, uh, you know, makes me wonder. I think some of the backlash was that, oh, vitamin D, it's not that low vitamin D causes a lot of these diseases. It's that these diseases cause the low vitamin D. I'm like, yeah, but either way, wouldn't you want to kind of put back some of the vitamin D that's getting drained by the condition? Uh, I don't know. So uh, my advice to everybody is take all this stuff with a grain of salt, including the backlash when people try to do the counterculture, you know, I don't know, somehow they feel cool or strong or, you know, intelligent by bucking the system and saying, oh, well, maybe it's not all that good after all. Well, well you know, maybe not, but only for people who I, I think over-concluded anyway. It doesn't nullify all those prior studies that suggested it was good. Yeah. You know. And wouldn't you say it's also, I mean, it's, like you said, it's over-concluding. It's not, none of these things are magic. Yes. And also, I think it's pro- you get problematic because people get on the bag and wagon. Oh, you know, fish oil is great, so I'll take seventy of them. You know, yeah. everything, everything in moderation a bit. You don't need to go take buckets of vitamin D. But uh, no, in fact, vitamin D is one of those things. If I haven't mentioned this enough, I should. It backfires when it comes to things like blood sugar control, uh, which is yet another thing that it does. If you overdo it, it'll actually screw you up and move yes. your body in the opposite direction. So, exactly. you know, two or 3,000 units a day, that's a lot. I mean, the old uh, RDA was only 400 international units a day. So going to two or 3,000, that's a lot. But, yeah, it's the people who get too excited about it, you know. And maybe they do need taken down a peg. But um, So, yeah, 2013, 2014, fish oils and vitamin D getting some kickback and counterculture that maybe they're not all they're cracked up to be 
a little bit of reversal there maybe. My prediction is that we're going to continue to see that with certain things just because the occasional researcher comes along. I mean, scientists are people too, and they're going to feel cool going against the grain, but I'm telling you, my hard drive is full of stuff on EPA and DHA and all the anti-inflammatory and beneficial things they do, and vitamin D section of my hard drive is really filling up as well. So, you know, vitamin D is a hormone, and so it's not that surprising that it does all these many different things. You know, it's so pluripotent. Mm-hmm. Um, nice word. Yeah, you like that? I have a, I have a prediction. Okay. And it's, it's, it's not, it's kind of a grim one, but I predict that we're going to see an escalation as I think we already have started to see the amount of premature deaths that are occurring in the upper echelon body weight uh, body weight athletes that have populated the body the bodybuilding and powerlifting kind of realms for the last 15 20 years you are reading my mind brother that is number 3 on my list is the yeah lethal body mass <laughs> that massive mega abuse and so you're predicting that's going to continue I think it will, uh, and like that's why I said grim. It's not. I'm not sitting here. You think it's going to cha- keep worse? Like escalate uh, w- or just keep? Uh, actually, that's a good. That's a good distinction. Maybe perhaps not escalate, but I think I think um, from that pool of athletes that have kind of you know fallen in the elite upper scale of that kind of whole thing for the lot in the strength sports and muscle sports for the last fifteen or twenty years, I think we're going to see a little. Uh, you know more members of that kind of pool, you know, going. You know, Rob, Con- interestingly, you know. if I can just interject, there's also been this this counter-movement to that where I think in the last five or ten years, you've actually seen people taking natural bodybuilding seriously. And, I mean, that sounds kind of funny for me to say that. But you know what it was like in the 80s well, and 90s. Yeah. Those guys were preachy. They were ignored. They were little twinks. And you're starting to see people actually reach a certain level of achievement, I think. Uh, well, in, in much the same vein of what you're saying with that, I was gonna, I was gonna say that I predict that there's going to be a continued and increasing interest in classic and raw powerlifting. Yeah. So, so I think the pendulum's going to swing, and I think we've already seen it. I, I do you agree that it, we have already seen a certain amount of that, Phil? Oh yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, I'm seeing it within. My own federation, and I hope my federation is a big part of that. <laughs> you know, um, I'm seeing that people yeah. want to lift without equipment and at old basic rules. You know, squat, bench, deadlift. You know, um, well, yeah, I think I, I think it got so out of hand. From, it's gotten so out of hand, and so many people on you on on the internet and so forth have kind of just lashed out against it. And I think you know, even practitioners in a large degree have seen how you know a, a lot of these records are now being. Well, ultimately ignored you know by the strength community at large because again it's it's become one of those things where it's like oh well but kind of a thing yeah. no athletes worth his salt i think wants effort their effort their you know superhuman efforts being you know dismissed on the basis of the fact that you know uh, such a, a backlash has happened right and that's what's happening whether these guys are or you know superhuman or not you know, with the gear, it doesn't really matter because people are just uh, kind of sick and tired of it. Yeah, I can tell you this. I mean, when I my first meet years ago, you know, whatever the decade ago, whatever the heck it was, I I used to be 
the raw lifter. Maybe one other guy. And now I'm going to meets and there's 30 or 40 of us. That That's a big difference. And it's really happened in the last, you know, four or five years that you've seen that coming up. Well, I agree with what Rob was saying a second ago. And, and Phil, I, I know that was always your sort of MO, right? This, I'm, yeah. the, I'm the raw guy, you yeah. know. Uh, now everybody's trying to be like Phil. That's uh, right. <laughs> but no, but whether it's the you know gear or it's the drugs, I'm sort of numb. You know, every time I hear somebody has a, a 780 bench and a 900 squat and an eight something deadlift, mm-hmm. you know, between you know the triple ply this and that and the performance enhancing drugs and just everything, I I don't know. I I almost feel bad in that that doesn't. Um, I'm not going to say I'm not impressed with that, but it doesn't have that wow factor it once did because it seems like, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of people doing that now. Yes. I don't know. Well, it's like it's like I told you that Louis Simmons a couple of years ago told me on the phone. He's like, you know, we don't care here at Westside anymore about, um, you know, our athletes totally elite because I can have anybody do that now. It's, we just want to beat records. And I thought that was kind of, you know, ass backwards. I'm like, well, why don't, you know... In light of the fact that you're saying pushing records, more and more records that are, as we're talking about, increasingly de- not only desensitizing, you know, but having people just not care anymore. But yet he tells me that he thinks it, you know, it it might be possible, might for a drug-free raw lifter to actually total elite. He doesn't know. Wouldn't you think that it, you know you'd be like? Well, let's champion the pursuit of that then, because basically what he's saying is nobody maybe has ever done that. So why don't you pursue that, what no one probably has ever done, versus just setting you know innumerable new records, like you say, Lonnie, that it's like that nobody cares about it's anymore. Desensitizing, it is, yeah, that, yeah, desensitized everything. I, it, to, to me, it's like would I rather you know squat seven hundred pounds raw? And have people go, holy crap, you know, versus being like you're saying, use all the, you know, all the stuff and everything and, you know, be just, you know, quote unquote, just another guy that squatted 860. Yeah. Well, let me talk you and fill up for a minute here. Listeners, when we talk about realistic numbers like this, I mean, if Phil is going to pull 804 pounds off the floor or Rob is flirting with a 700 raw squat. This is crazy, you guys. Don't think, oh, it's not a thousand. You know, Phil is, you know, he's mid-range guy. No, <laughs> no. It, it, people just don't understand how much harder it is. You know, when you just walk up to a bar and you know, yeah, you, you no. Just... And I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a good, good point. And but I mean, uh, I'll go back to that here in a minute. But um, I don't know if ranking elite now though is that impressive with the advancements in. The gear. Well, that, no, but that's what I'm so, saying. Because that's what I'm saying because because Louis was saying that because I asked him point blind, do you but do you, do you think anybody can total those numbers, drug free and truly raw? And he like there was a, oh I, I no, and, no, and he think... and there and for the first time in this hour interview that I did with him, he actually there was a real pregnant pause there, and he was thinking that well. Maybe there might be somebody. You, you, you could tell that he was like, "Okay, well, here is something that stumped this guy." Yeah, no. Yeah, we can I'm rattle gonna... off these guys, totally elite, freaking like 
like, you know, putting him off the assembly line, you know, anybody who's kind of a, even a mediocre lifter, if he comes and works out with me for freaking six months. But, you know, then he's saying maybe it's the reality is nobody ever has total elite, ever truly raw and drug free. Well, not equipped elite. There's plenty of them that have. I mean, I've, I've ranked elite. Well, you would. Know? Um, but uh, not not the elite that they're going for, you know, but. um. What I'm talking about, well, let's let's lose the, let's say equipped. Louis is an equipped powerlifter, so let's not even hate on that. I don't think it'd be it's that. I don't think it's that hard to take somebody, drug free, put them in equipment, and rank elite. I mean, not when you're getting two, three hundred pounds out of a shirt, you know, two, three hundred pounds plus out of a squat suit. No multiply. You know, you're talking a, a three hundred pound squatter, squatting six hundred plus. That's you know? funny. That, so, so you know, you guys, if I if I regularly, I just try to get a couple reps of four hundred five. I'm not trying to impress anybody with that. You know what I mean? But yeah, that would be crazy for me to look at someone with a straight face and say, "I squat six fifty. No, exactly. No, I don't. What, <laughs> no, I don't. How do you feel? And I, I'm not hating on. I know I have friends that are are great equipped lifters. Multiply. It's just not my sport because um, it's not my mindset. But how would you feel personally, Lonnie, if we took a couple months, bought you a suit, taught you how to use it, and all of a sudden you're squatting seven? Well, you know, in in a way, I'm honestly, right. Phil, in a way, it would be fun. But it's yeah, like it what Rob fun. says: it's like lying on your weights is like lying on your mama. I can't. I would have to qualify everything I said yes. with exactly. what I was wearing. You know, exactly. Know. Now back to the back to the other topic of you know the, the strength. I mean, you look at it, and yeah, people don't. They look at my numbers, and they're like, "Oh, that's yeah, that's okay." But they, those are the people that don't know lifting. If you're pulling seven hundred pounds. I don't care what you weigh, you worked hard to get there, you know, yeah. and if you're pulling over 700, you know, you worked even harder. It's not easy for anybody. Well, people, you know what, Phil, you now people might find fault with, oh, well, you know, Phil eats plates of cookies and Rob's talking about, Lonnie and Rob talked about how fat do you have to be, you know, if you want to squat over seven and, and this and that. But the truth is, I mean, you, there's got to be some road to heroism here. You know what I mean? If you're not just going to throw on the triple ply shirt, well, I, actually, yeah. you and three buddies getting into it, you know what I mean? Cranking it on you uh, like a shoehorn, and then, uh, or or with drugs or you know whatever it is, and escalating amounts. I mean, all this stuff, all this escalation, it's just like warfare. You know what I mean? And the only alternative this that this leads to is a counterculture where you're like, well, I'm not going to. You know, take 13 grams of testosterone esters a week. I'm not going to wear a triple ply denim, this and that, whatever. You know what I mean? Because otherwise, like I said, you've got to qualify everything you say. Yes. And I think, Phil, you mentioned that before. Like, that's why you don't see that in the Olympic Games because there have to be 100 divisions. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah. I mean, powerlifting in the Olympics, it was based off something. Remember, I had a guest a couple of years ago, and he was bringing that whole top about because I said to him, Do you ever oh, think yes, the Olympics? Oh, yes, we had a guest. Yes, I remember. Remember, and he was saying, because, because yeah, for the exact reason. I mean, it, you know, you'd have to have two days for just powerlifting. Yeah. You know, and, and, and having said that, 95% of the people that we were watching it, wouldn't have a clue what the difference what, what was going on. No, it had to be wrong. Well, like Phil said, yeah. the people who are impressed by a seven squat or an eight hundred pole, they know what's going on. You know what I yes. mean? When they watch Phil walk up and do that, they're like, oh, okay, this guy's got it together. I mean, for goodness <laughs> sake, you just don't see in, it. You know, 
I went in and had a bad day and pulled 750. And I mean, to put this in reality, and what it is, it's the, it's like all the media. You know, people are like death is normal now because you see it on TV all the time. You know, 800 pounds seems normal now because it's it's on the internet all over the place. But in reality, I mean, I go and I look and I am ranked number 13 after a subpar meet in the world at 275. That ain't bad. That's, that's, you, that's you'll, always, you'll always be number one in our hearts. Oh, thank you. Do you remember, Lonnie, uh, several years ago we were at the, uh, I guess I guess it must have been the Arnold Classic or the Olympia Expo, one of the two. And Kazmaier was there doing a little MC thing, and they had a little Brad Gillingham, the super heavyweight powerlifter, yeah. was doing like a little exhibition thing, and he pulled 855. <clears throat> and I swear to you, anybody who's been to these expos know, you know, they kind of do it, and you know, the crowd gathers kind of around. It's no barrier, really. I swear to you, when he put that weight down, and that you know, and kind of waddled off a little bit and was talking to some people and getting photographs and stuff. I swear I watched a set succession of guys walk up to that bar, grab it and try and pick it up. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. You know, like and, and it's like, you know, and they wouldn't even put their freaking free supplement pack bag down that they've been collecting all day. They'd actually have that one hand and reach over and kinda of, <laughs> it's in a cursory it's manner, like, it's yeah. like what were they think? What were the what, what were they thinking was going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Right, like yeah. it was actually going to come a couple inches off the f- ground, and even then out of put curiosity, in front of the girlfriend and say, "Wow, that's really heavy." I guess uh, I'd have to warm up to get that off the ground <laughs> in front of like, your girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> what are you laughing? At? I'm laughing in front of your girlfriend. Yeah, like you reach out with one hand. Yeah, you got your. Uh, you know, ten thousand percent better than creatine in your right hand, and then you're gonna, you know, more hyperbole, right? I predict. Back to topic, I predict more hyperbole in the supplement industry too. Uh, yeah, then you're gonna reach down with his left yeah, hand to just rip the rip eight fifty five off the floor. <laughs> you know, and people are like, you know, and, and you can see a couple people, you know, getting that look on their face, like, you know, because they could see everybody's kind of paying attention. You know, they kind of make that. You know, knowing look on their face, like, oh, yeah, that's uh, pretty. Yeah, we've pretty, lost. Pretty impressive. We've lost. Uh, if you look back over the year, it's it's been a continuation of a trend over the last several, and we've lost our sense of uh, what's real, you know, and what we should be impressed with. In but a lot the of thing ways, is, so. too, I mean, that's it's a double edged sword, just like we talked about. The internet is a double edged sword. It's also it's made it to where people believe it can happen. You know, like people didn't believe the 10-second barrier could be broken in the freaking hunter until it happened. Now it has. You know, once somebody pulled a 1,000, frick, now it is possible, you know? So, I mean, being it's also a benefit to those people who have drive to be able to see that. You know, it's a benefit to me to, to be able to look up my, you know, the people I look up to or my colleagues or whatnot in, in powerlifting and see them lifting and hitting big numbers. Well, real, Phil, because you know what you're because you know what you're doing, you're willing though to say, I, you know, I could compare myself to this thousand or eleven hundred or whatever, you know, these crazy, crazy numbers, um, given the choices that I make. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, I, I still think. I mean, and I'm realistic. I don't think I, I don't think it would matter what I took. I, I, I'll never deadlift a thousand. I'm just not built like freaking, you know, Constantine or. Uh, Benedict Magnuson. You know, I'm not going to be 440 and 6'4". <laughs> you know? And just like you are. You know, we could pump you full of 
as many cattle implants as we want, and you're not going to get there. <laughs> cattle implants. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm just realistic in that way. But, I mean, I what I'm saying is, I mean, it's it's good on one side that that stuff is out there more, and it is a little more normal. I don't think it's good for the average people, but it's good for us who are a little more advanced and There's you know, a we're able to see it and, and feed off of it. You know, like we were talking about last show. You can now go on and listen to some metal for an hour straight and just stream it. You know, we can go on and watch some videos and get hyped up. Yeah. You know. Oh, it can be motivating. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, just like any kind of young skinny kid who looks at the cover of a magazine, he's not going to be that. I mean, even if he thinks he is at first, even once he realizes, you know, natural and this year, (laughs) it's not going to happen. He's not going to be Mr. Olympia, you know. Uh, but at the same time, it's motivating. You know, yes, like you it said, is. it's what's possible. It's like, you look how crazy that looks. And say, hey, that's possible. You know, I, mean, I can do it. You know, and I think, I mean, if I can freaking squat 650 with a bad hip that needs replaced and a bad knee, other people can do it too. It just takes dedication, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, but you, Lonnie, but you both now have said two things that seem to be being lost amongst younger generations dedication and the application of it over periods of time that have to exceed bloody the next year and a half yes you know like it's everybody's like oh yeah i'm gonna be a freaking mountain of muscle and freaking squat 600 you know this time next summer you know and but yet they're doing like very creaky shit three reps with freaking 250 now like well there's a there's a sure as shit prediction for 2014 is you're going to continue to see that right young people um they don't have you know when you're 16 years old when you're 18 years old you don't have the frame of reference you know you don't have the years of experience to realize i mean when i was 16 i honestly thought i could look like rich gaspari if i trained hard enough and long enough you know and i ate enough uh just you know then the more i studied at university physiology, I started realizing there are certain hormonal realities here and that sort of thing. You know, you sober up, you mature up, and I mean, well, and it's also like Rob said. I mean, it's it's internal too. It's just wanting it. I mean, like I've had, I get this group of probably six kids that have been coming in for five weeks now, um, and I can already see one of them is going to stick around and do it. The other five have just begun to realize last week that. Oh, this isn't good. This is actually going to take time and work. You know, yeah, Phil yeah. expects me to not just pack weight on the bar. I've got to do it right. And one kid's feeding off of it and loving it. The rest of them are kind of they've lost their steam and they they lost their excitement. Over it. Um, they're going to fall off. And it takes a lot of maturity. Stuff. You know, there's a lot of maturity yeah, uh, and with the nutrition part. It's even slower sometimes. You know what I yeah. mean? Because you can't get that pat on the back. Hey, nice lift, buddy. You know, yeah. uh, it's it takes a lot of maturity. Hey, listen, you guys, let's go to break real quick before we run out of time. We got two or three more things, and we'll try to bring this back on topic and look at 2013, and then look forward to 2014. Uh, we'll come right back. Hi, this is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show. Uh, If you simply Google CRC Press and protein, uh, there's a new development. On the right side of the page, you can see ebook, and there's a purchase slash rent option. And the cool thing here is if you check that out now, 
because they have an agreement with Vital Book, uh, you can actually download the ebook for sixty nine U.S. dollars. So that's thirty one percent off the ninety nine ninety five uh, cover price. So that's pretty fantastic. Sixty nine dollars. I think that's going to drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people. And you can even rent it. Uh, lower down the page, they have 180-day rentals and one-year rentals. So you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information. So, thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. And on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, We'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes – we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Welcome back to Iron Radio. Today we're discussing uh, and making predictions of the coming, well, it's not coming, it's here already, 2014. It's uh, it's a new year, folks, so uh, and as usual, Phil, Lonnie, and myself have got uh, thoughts of where maybe our uh, domain of the athletic world might be heading. Hey, let me start with this one, you guys. What do you think the trend will be in 2014? Are we going to see more... Rob, you were mentioning this a couple of weeks ago. On the pre-workout supplements and the stimulant side, are we going to see a, a swing towards pre-workout stimulant use back up? What do you think? Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's going to kind of you know it, this <laughs> maybe death is my freaking overall um, prediction here, but I, I think we're going to see a lot more freaking health problems because of these things too. Because I mean, people are people are backing these things down like you know because they're feeling a little tired. You know, before the mid-afternoon at work, like you know, the the app, the use of these things has kind of, in in a lot of ways, has gone way beyond, you know, anything that could be considered reasonable. The days of having a small little, little cup of black coffee at one o'clock just to kind of ride you out, you know, now these guys are replacing it with these, you know, twelve-gallon freaking mega turbo energy blaster drinks that, God, are packed so much, full of so much sugar and caffeine and every other energy you know, pushing component. I think people are going to start having problems with this stuff. Yeah, I actually yeah. do a little review in one of my classes because we look, we actually look at energy drinks and the, the effect on a workout, you know, explosive workout and that sort of thing. And the, the growth, I, I mean, if, if you could have taken me back in time five years ago, I know this is just 2013, but beyond that back in time, I would have never guessed that all these other Red Bull 
competitors would have taken off. And they have. Stimulants sell. Monster, I mean, um, there's a hundred of them. You know, Rockstar, uh, I can't even keep track. Uh, And now they're mixing it with other things, too. So they're adding protein to them now. You know, uh, all kinds of stuff. Not, you know, coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's as a genre uh, of product, it's just exploding. And yeah, I agree. It's, there's going to be more of that. Yes, and no. I agree. We need to, Rob. You need to start up Fortney's Death Pool with all your stuff. <laughs> Every picture, yeah. Box, throw your list what? in. You get a list of three people. Whoever has the most die wins. Wow, <laughs> most dies. <laughs> yeah. So, well, like you know, but I, I don't want people to think that I'm trying to be negative about yeah. that because I, I certainly don't want people to be dropping dead. I mean, you know, I a lot of these guys that that. You know, bigger names like Kovacs, I did know personally, but a lot of these guys I didn't. It's it's not the point. The point is, the you know, I don't I don't want these people to have these kind of health problems and be dropping dead like this. But I, I, I unfortunately I got to make that prediction because it's just something that I'm seeing. So yeah, well, it's just so yeah. com- commonplace. You know what I mean? That the marketing of meds straight to the consumer. You know, uh, people like I've seen students. In fact, I know some of my best students. They walk around with Monster Energy drinks. Uh, the size of your forearm constantly, day and night. You know, like you said, what about stuff like yeah. simple, natural, like a strong cup of black coffee and, and some metal videos like we used to do, <laughs> you know? Exactly. You know, it's like a keeping it clean kind of because, you know, I, I my culture even, you know, occupationally is very steep in the whole kind of like weight training and working out and all that rah-rah kind of stuff. And, yeah, it's just it's just the amount of, like you're saying, Lonnie, these forearm size cans that I see just all the time. And I think, for God's sakes, man, like you can't just keep putting your first foot to the floor. You know, like something's got to give. It's like, you know, Lonnie used to tell me the whole idea of, you know, when when you get your body just becomes so fatigued, sometimes throwing coffee or sure. anything else is just, how did you used to say it? It's oh, like throwing like, fire on a gas. It's already uh, lighter out fluid on burnt embers. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like at some point people have to realize that, you know, that this, you know, fast-paced society societies that we live in, you know, you can't just keep taking. You know, you have to give back. And giving back is eating well and, you know, and 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 getting some sleep. Well, even Lee Haney, I remember once, uh it might have been up in Toronto, he said uh stimulants like that are borrowed energy. And that's a very simple but accurate way to put it. Like you were saying, you can't always have your foot pedal to the metal you know th- through the floor on the accelerator there's got to be a time where you put back you put uh instead of flashing that lighter fluid you know for a quick burst you actually put a nice big nine hour log of sleep uh you know on the fire uh you eat a big meal that kind of stuff real fuel real recovery you know so you can actually uh get at it but uh, you know, you're you, that'd be another prediction for 2014. That you're going to see more of that in the coming years. People are going to sleep even less. I've actually heard that college students sleep 90 minutes less than a generation ago. Holy crap! No wonder we have so much like glucose intolerance and obesity and high blood pressure and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Because we're running on energy drinks instead of hours of sleep. And uh, my wife and I were watching some stuff. There's some good TED Talks on this, too. I mean, you can literally reduce a lot of mental uh, disorders, even things like schizophrenia, believe it or not, really severe stuff sometimes by getting sleep hygiene in order. And yeah. I, I you know, and I see yeah. that's going to be a continued trend. We're going to keep pushing less and less on the sleep 
um, I don't know, that, what six hours, five hours? I don't know how low we're going to get well, on average. That, and yeah, it kind of it kind of freaks me out too because people just kind of, you know. Uh, you know, and again, in my occupation, you see these guys doing overtime, you know, like 20 days in a row. And I mean, you think to yourself, okay, 16 hour shifts plus, you know, maybe an hour driving time. What the hell does that, I mean, forget sleep. I mean, you don't have time for anything. And people just push themselves and push themselves and keep drinking more and more of these things to kind of compensate. But it, they don't, like you said, Lonnie, most, I don't think a lot of people realize that it's not like, giving them energy it's 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 basically squeezing every last bit of energy out of them that they have and they don't have any anymore you know so i mean what's the body to do at a certain point but start getting sick well i think lifters are not unwell yeah we can't single out lifters either because i think uh we are we are a part of a much bigger trend you know things the work week is faster it's longer i mean the way americans do things is not sustainable and it's gonna crash you know you can only uh you know, you hear stuff like, no fear, you know, sleep and I'll sleep when I'm dead. And, you know, and it's all this hyperbole, just like we were talking about with the supplements or the weights or anything else. And um, you can't do it. I mean, think about like, go read the like, education of a bodybuilder, that old Arnold, you know, sort of pseudo autobiography. You know, he's talking about you, you grow and during sleep, you know, yeah. and I mean, maybe vanity <laughs> will bring us back. Uh, to better sleep hygiene, I don't no, know, I but think, I, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, I don't think we're. I, I I'd argue that the people that are into fitness probably aren't abusing these things as much as people not. I see. Oh uh, yes, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I see regular old what you know what Rob would call twinks walking around just slamming these things, yeah. you know, wearing their tap out shirt and just living off <laughs> Red Bull and vodka, you know, and. Yeah, pal. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's crazy. But no, it has gripped on big time. Like a buddy of mine, he actually, he's my state chair in Nebraska, posted the other day. He saved all of his monster energy drink tabs off the cans for a year. Last year in 2013, he drank 786 cans. Oh. One person. More than, more than two a day every day. Yeah, that's like, going to wreck I, I, your sleep. I mean, even if you even if you lay down for eight hours, you're going to sleep for about four of them, like in yes. REM sleep or deep sleep. You know? Yes. Yeah, not good at all. No, I have one. I usually have one one day. I have those, and that's my Saturday, and that's because I train early that day. Yeah, but that's It'll different. Change. I mean, I'm not against these things. I'm against their constant use. Like oh, Rob yes. was saying, people yeah. running a freaking yeah, IV yeah. like it's cool. Yes. Yeah. No, I was just going to say I'm the same way. It's not that I'm totally against ever using them. It's just that you've got to be very sparing with these things. Yeah. Yeah. One thing we saw in 2013, I was just going to mention, uh, I, I see a lot of dietary supplement companies, maybe just because of the bad economy. Um, maybe they're crawling out of the hole, but they were in quite a hole for a while. You saw a lot of, uh, you know, like the companies that also sponsored web magazines and you know websites and that sort of thing. They cut what they would pay people. In fact, Fred Hatfield was on. Remember, he was talking about used to get much better writing because they actually paid the authors what they were worth. Yeah, you know, and and you don't see that as much anymore. I th- I see a little creep of that come coming back around full circle. Maybe because the economy is improving, you're going to see a little bit more. But I know you guys are going to agree that the trend has continued in 2013, and I predict it'll continue in 2014. Uh, as far as gurus writing articles, they it just rubs me the wrong way. They, no, they, it is. They, they present it like it's freaking fact, and yeah. it is a p- 
opinion. I, you know, even if they think they're an expert and therefore it's expert opinion, that's still the weakest form of evidence, for God's sake. I don't think it. Yeah, I think you're right. It's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse, even if the money does come back, because now the supplement companies know it works. They don't need to pay high money because people will believe the hyperbole anyways. So why pay more when I can pay some, you know, some nobody guru to throw some, you know, factless information together and people will believe it just as much as you know, as something you wrote as a, a PhD, you know. So I, I think I think what we have to say here to our listeners is basically what we're saying to you folks is unless it's coming out of the mouths of Phil, Lonnie, or myself, don't believe it. Because <laughs> we're the only guys who know what the hell's going on. There, there you go. I, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, I mean, it's gotten bad. It's gotten bad. Well, listen, it's not too much to ask for something like credentials or experience. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. The problem is with stuff like Facebook or uh, Twitter or anything else is there's that just little bit of self-produced fame. And you might put podcasting in that same category. I don't know. But the difference is, you know, we've tried to pay our dues. I mean, we have degrees. We have experience. You know, we've worked in the industry. I don't know. So uh, I wanted to say one other thing before uh, we end this, but if there has been a trend that I've seen, it actually it was 2012 and 2013, and I know it's going to continue, is a trend toward intensity in workouts. Not lo- you know, low, steady-state stuff and running and all that kind of stuff. I mean, gosh, when I was in grad school, I was like the only lifter. You know, I was like the joke. Oh, Lonnie's got a 33 VO2 max. Ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, well, yeah, I could also lash out and eat you for your protein content so be careful there but the point being is um intensity whether it's aerobic activity or like cardio i don't really care for that word or weight training there's been a real trend toward intensity and i think we're going to continue to see that we used to say oh you got to be careful you know it's like when we talk about odd lifts with strong man and all that sort of stuff and you never see personal trainers try to teach people that 10 years ago and now it's a little bit more applicable you know they're much more aggressive when it comes to intensity whether it's with rehab or pregnancy or cardiovascular rehab uh there's so many different things or just general improvement i i see a real trend toward people actually doing a little bit more on the ball busting side yeah and not being afraid of it that goes right along with the one i was going to say um you know my prediction is uh, I, what I'd call it is probably the, the the renaissance of the athlete. You know, we're in the age of the athlete again. The, the athletic physique is becoming popular over the bodybuilding physique um, is what I've seen in the last couple of years um, and what I've seen coming into my gym. You know, I, there's less and less of the people I want to be, you know, looking up to the Olympia type people and there's more and more people looking at various athletic physiques. Yeah, um, you'll see that on websites too, like web magazines and stuff. People want to be... They get they get so into the functional training. I mean, let's not even get, light John Davies fire again. <laughs> you know, yeah. everybody's claiming to be functional trainer and oh, yeah. tactical trainer, and yeah, there, there's a huge. But you're seeing it. I mean, that. and it's two different physiques. Um, the I, I've had long conversations about this. You know, the physique of say Casmire uh, versus the physique of Ronnie Coleman. You know, they're both impressive but totally different. You know, one, you know, Kaz, is just, it just looks imposing. It looks more athletic, and, you know, that that's coming more into 
in the in the fame or popularity. Uh, than... Kaz really blurs that line, though. I mean, Kaz is bodybuilder esque yeah, to me. Of you course, know, but I mean, mean, people are looking up to even football players, and you know, a lot of yeah. them are looking up to volleyball players and softball players, or like Rob has said before, it's... like uh, um, mixed martial arts guys. Exactly. There's a lot of that coming around, and there's less of the people that are just, uh, you know, looking to. Well, they want to look pretty too, but it's it's more of a coming out of it at a, at a an athletic way. You know, what can I do? And you know, they want to be fast, they want to be strong, and they want to be this and that. You know, and you know, I'm getting a lot more people. Hey, I want to do Olympic weightlifting. I want to do, you know, oh, I there's do little doubt. I, a lot of students at universities, you know, because weight training has become a part of every sport, basically, yeah. uh, yes. and largely like Olympic lifts in a lot of ways. But um, they think bodybuilding is is funny. It's just yep. that era is largely gone. You know, if you're a bodybuilder these days, you are few and far between. Yeah. Yep. So. No, I mean, it's interesting you say that. I mean, and you're at the collegiate level, and that's what I've been talking to some some college strength coaches and stuff like that. And that's, I'm starting to get a lot more young athletes, junior high and high school. And really the biggest thing that separates the junior high and high school level from the collegiate level is a strength and conditioning program. If you're an athlete and go to college, all of a sudden you're thrown in the strength and conditioning program, and most of these kids are coming in there not used to that. And so I'm getting them coming into me early, and they're a step ahead. You know, so we start them in there in junior high and high school, and you know they're starting to kick butt. And then it's not so strange when they get to collegiate level. And I hope that continues. You know, I think there's a lot of benefit for for young people in in the strength and conditioning role, but especially in a day of age with all that freaking you know, food-based diseases going on with diabetes and everything else. So, Yeah, no doubt. I was actually surprised that there are a lot of small universities that don't even have strength staff. You know, they're lucky if they have yeah. a single strength coach at all. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's kind of shocking. You know, they just have their head coach handled. Bigger schools, obviously, are going to have more than one strength coach oftentimes. You know, one for the football team, one for uh, – they usually divide it up, you know, get a couple of strength coaches involved. But in fact, yeah. that's one of the first things that I do when I, um, if I teach a class at a university or something, I will reach out to the strength conditioning staff, you know, as far as working with athletes on their sports nutrition kinds of things and everything, because they actually, you know, have a, have an inkling about what they should be doing or shouldn't be doing and that sort of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I say I think that's on the rise, and I still think like uh, Dave Tate was on and talked about it. I think we're still going to see a rise in facilities like mine, you know, over the next five years maybe before it taps, he reaches a pinnacle. I agree with that too, Phil. If you remember, we had Brian Moss, the photographer, on m- uh-huh. ages ago. It seems now, but he was saying that those are dead. You know, those mom pod types of gyms are dead, and I, no. maybe he meant in the way that they used to be. But yes. I, I think that bodybuilding and powerlifting club kinds of gyms i think they're gonna or boutique kinds of you know what i mean the club environment is people are sick of the the faceless chain environment where oh it's only 10 bucks a month but you know there's gonna be a whistle go off and we're gonna escort you out if you uh drop your deadlift yeah exactly well and they're also i think that the public's getting a little more educated and it could be partly to do with crossfit you know and i think i could I can say CrossFit, I think. It, it really has brought the light to powerlifting, Olympic lifting. But as far as these gyms go, you know, you walk into 24-hour fitness and you got to pay the 25 to $40 per month to go in the door. And then you get a personal trainer and you're talking, depending on where you're at, 50 to 100 bucks a session. And you start looking at clubs like mine and you pay a monthly fee. Yeah, the monthly fee's more, 
but you're going to get instruction. You know, so you know you're going to pay the monthly fee plus one instruction period at a, at a regular gym for a whole month. Plus, I think they like the communities much better. No, you're right. That's the key word. That's I think that's what CrossFit has contributed, uh, and I think that's where things are are coming full circle over the decades, not just a year, but over the decades, is that yeah. club environment. I mean, what was cool about watching Pumping Iron for me, these guys all knew each other, they trained yes. together, they pushed each other, they competed against each other uh, in a positive way, you know what I mean, yeah. usually. Uh, and, and that's what people like. I mean, I saw a lot of that growing up in martial arts environments where the senior students helped the younger students, you know, or the more novice. And there was that sort of community, sense of micro-community and uh, that's what you don't get, you know, at the big chain, at the big yeah. chain club. No, I agree. I mean, it's that it's that aspect. I think that is the reason why, despite me being probably as I'm, I'm more beat up than I've ever been, just because I'm older and there's more wear and tear. But I was also the strongest I've ever been this year, and I th- I blame it on the community I'm in and my training partners. You know, <laughs> blame rising it. <laughs> up. You know, it brings you to another level. I'm. It really does. If you got people training with you a good group it just helps tremendously and you know we all push each other it's a, it's a big family here and we're all going for different things but you know it helps being able to reach out to them and well it's like it's, it's like we were saying anything uh, information overload you know there's too many people there's too many experts there's too many big chains and people are going to yeah. start seeking niche environments yep you know and uh it might not happen all in 2014 but i see more of that happening and i don't know maybe i'm delusional and maybe it's only going to be a small percent. You know, it's going to be the people who wise up and do this, and then the, the herds are oh. going to continue to be fools. Yes, you know? they will. But I think you're seeing an increase, at least. And I don't think I don't think these small facilities will ever overtake the huge chains, but they're going to take a chunk away. And the thing is, you're already seeing it now. The, the chains are starting to realize it, and they're starting to put this stuff inside it. Well, there's you know, just not much money in, in what yeah. you do, Phil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. As far as, like, if you open some huge chain and you're a manager, regional manager of, like, a um, Planet Fitness kind of gym, there's going to be more money in your pocket than if you're a one-on-one coach or small group coach. You know what oh, I mean? It's just, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's, you got to love it. And that's, like, we did that episode, uh, gosh, a year and a half ago or whatever, when we grow up. And it's the yeah. same kind of thing. you got to... If you get to choose what you're going to do when you grow up, there's going to be a trade-off between cash and yes, doing yeah. something oh. that you really love. That you know you, you jump out of bed at, at five o'clock in the morning and you actually want to go to work. Quote, oh yeah, it's the same. I mean, that's reflected in this show. You know, we could have sold out years ago and been Iron Radio brought to you by Muscle Tech, and we could have been spewing junk. But no, we decided to keep it out. Only Rob show. sold out. Only so, Rob is in the pocket yeah. of these yeah. companies. Oh, for God's sake! Rob, sponsored by Monster. <laughs> week, yeah, we'll have two episodes. This week, Rob's trashing them. Next week, he'll be trying to talk everybody into drinking monsters. Yeah. Rob, sponsored by Trenbolone Kettle Pellets. <laughs> uh, all right. It's been another great show. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, and what is this? Episode what, Lonnie? Oh, uh, 242, I think. We are coming up on 250. Guys, we have got to do a giveaway Maybe I'll go get some gift cards, something that I can mail cheaply, some Starbucks or iTunes gift cards or something. And I've not got those shirts coming. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I and got fifty shirts coming. We can't let episode two fifty come and go. You know, no, we'll, we'll do no, something. That's right. We'll do something for that. Give away some shirts for that because we won't. 
It'll be good. So cool. All right. Well, we'll happy happy 2014, everybody. Yep. Happy 2014. Hey, sports nutrition fans, join us in beautiful Clearwater Beach, Florida, June 20 and 21 for the 11th annual ISSN Conference and Expo. You'll learn the latest, greatest sports nutrition from the best minds in the business. Some of our speakers include Juan Carlos Santana, Dr. Mark Tarnopolsky, Gina Lombardi, and many, many more. You'll learn about intermittent fasting, how to exercise to offset poor eating, and also nutritional strategies for maintaining or gaining muscle mass. But the best part is you'll get to rub elbows with the best scientists in the business. The ISSN, why would you go anywhere else? Go to www.theissn.org for more information. That's www.theissn.org for more info. See you there. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the iradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.